Hey everyone, Adam Farkas here. Today's show had so much good content that Paul and I decided it was best to divide it up into two pieces. So, submitted for your approval today is part one of our two-part interview with VSP Vision Care President Jim McGrand. Hey everybody, it's Adam Farkas. Welcome to another edition of ODYR Radio. With me as usual is Paul Farkas. Hi everyone. And we are actually just back from the AAO meeting in Seattle and we are very tired. Oh no, come on, you got a good night's sleep. Oh man, my feet hurt. That <laughs> booth work is, uh, no one tells you how tiring it actually is. That, that's absolutely true. So today we actually have a really interesting show for you. Um, we have Jim McGran, the president of VSP Vision Care, and I know that people have been waiting for this interview for quite some time. We're going to talk all about VSP Premier and, and try to sort of answer some of your questions about VSP that you had for us on the site. So uh, before I, I introduce Jim, let me just tell you about his background a little bit. Um, in 1999, uh, Jim was the senior vice president and CIO of Ifinity, which, uh, which was a service of Marshawn, as you remember. Um, in 2010, he became VSP's global chief technology officer and the CEO for Ifinity. And in 2012, he was made president of VSP Vision Care. And I think I was looking forward to this interview because it sounds to me like Jim is a very hands-on kind of guy. He's no figurehead. <laughs> he speaks my language, so he's very big into tech. So, Jim, thanks so much for being here. Okay, yeah, oh, Jim. It's my, it's my pleasure, Paul and Adam. Thanks for having yeah. me. Uh, you know, in the interest of full disclosure... Uh, uh, in, in my years in practice, I never had any dealings with VSP, and I just learned this past week that Adam is a VSP uh, member slash patient uh, through her, her wife's his wife's university. That's true. Uh, so you, you've you've been using VSP, and I didn't know. That's right. I'm a consumer. So there you go. <laughs> great, that's great. We appreciate your membership. <laughs> um, anyway, why don't we get the ball rolling, uh, uh, Jim? I have a question. You know, VSP is been an icon. And for younger practitioners, it's, it's, it's something that VSP has always been. Uh, but VSP, I, I don't know, it's about 30, 40 years old. And I, I'm just wondering, uh, does VSP have a mission statement? Uh, was there one uh, years ago? And has the mission statement changed? Has the direction of the company gone in, in a different way in the past few years? Sure, Paul. So actually, VSP has been in existence for 58 years. Wow. So uh, Even longer than me. <laughs> been around for 58 years. You know, our mission is really very simple and unwavering. Uh, we help people see. So uh, employees of VSP love to come here to work every day and, and focus on what is necessary to help people see. So in order to do that, what we do is we provide access to care and materials for you know low income and uninsured all the way up to fortune 500 company employees uh, that are in uh, in involved in our uh, in our insurance program uh, in the most places that we work where we work in many places both rural and densely populated areas uh, there isn't another vision benefit uh, provider in the world that offers access to patients for VSP network providers like VSP does and we're proud of that. That access to care and access to quality care is really important uh, for our members and, and for the patients of the doctors. Right. So I guess uh, the question that a lot of our members have had before we get talking about Premier, the, the questions they have is who in VSP actually makes the policy decisions and what's your management structure? Just to give us some insight of how VSP works. 
Sure. So the VSP Global Board of Directors is what drives our, our policy and the direction of the company across all four of the lines of business. And I should probably step back for a second. VSP Global is an organization that's made up of four lines of business. VSP Vision Care, which I'm the president of. Then we also have Marshawn Eyewear, Marshawn and Altair Eyewear. Uh, Ifinity, which is our practice management and uh, I, uh, eye health management um, company. And then we have VSP Optics. VSP Optics is our lab and lens company. So our board of directors sits on top of those four lines of business. It's made up of nine independent private practice optometrists, one ophthalmologist, and three business folks. So you have 13 members of the of the board. And the, the, the board of directors is, is who sets all of the policies. So uh, at, with the majority of the boards being made up of practicing ODs from around the country and, you know, a few, of not, a few non-OD directors, they help us, uh, you know, guide and, and drive the business from a, from a policy and direction perspective. That is then uh, Rob Lynch, who is the overall CEO of VSP Global, reports to that board of directors and then, uh, the four lines of business I mentioned, there's a president of each of those that reports up to Rob. So that's our, that's our structure at a, you know, at a 50,000 foot level. But in general, I think what's most important to the OD wire network is that our board of directors is made up of at nine practicing independent ODs and, uh, and one ophthalmologist. So it's primarily driven from the medical side of the house. Got it. And speaking of, uh, of medical, I actually have a couple of questions here. You know, um, a lot of folks are moving in, into the medical model with their practices, and, uh, and they, they take VSP. And, and I had some questions about the relationship that you guys have um, to the clinicians. So is a participating OD in VSP considered a, an independent contractor? So no, the, the VSP network is it's made up of independently owned practices with whom VSP is tasked with continuing to win business in order to provide them access, opportunity, and tools to meet and add to their patient base. So our our focus is on driving patients into those practices. So we feel that providing uh, you know an unparalleled patient experience uh, is the shared responsibility of our entire patient life cycle. So. We don't, I think if, if I'm understanding the question right, it's not a matter of, you know, who owns the member like yourself or your wife, you know, your, your members of, of the VSP insurance program, but then you have doctors who are participating network doctors that provide the services to those members and those members then become patients of those practices. And our job is to work together with the doctors and the members to make sure they get the best possible experience. Most and most important to us is on the health and wellness side, but then also access to the materials required to meet their needs. And uh, the, another question that our members had, um, increasingly uh, they're being asked to share medical information with VSP. Why do you feel that that's actually the case? And, and what kind of, um, what are you getting out of that when you ask the folks for medical information? Sure, it's, that's a, it's a great question. We we get it a lot from the doctors. So one of the uh, one of the key selling messages or the business model of VSP, as I mentioned, is we're very focused on member overall health and wellness. And what providing that information does for us, it allows us to then share with the client 
critical information that can then be uh, coupled with or shared with their medical insurance provider to help them better manage their overall healthcare costs. So if you take a look at it, when you, when a company has, pick any company, the Acme Corporation, when they have a vision plan that is used by their employees, our members and your patients, those, those folks and those companies are able to save $1.27 in medical costs over, for every dollar they spend on their vision plan over a two year period because of the fact that that information is collected, coordinated back with the medical plan, and because optometrists are sometimes the first ones, or in a lot of cases, the first ones that diagnose these critical problems or critical illnesses, it gets folks into the continuum of, of care much, much earlier. So the answer is pretty simple. The, the employers are the ones that are asking for it. You know, from their, from their perspective, it serves as a justification uh, to the employer towards the value of an eye exam. And, and vision benefits for their employees. So uh, it's interesting when you ask the question, I always think back to some of my first meetings I've had with clients. I go in and a lot of times they say, hey, we love working with VSP. You guys do a tremendous job for us. But to be honest with you, uh, you know, you're just vision and my main focus is on my medical side and dental. And, I, and they always say, no, no offense. And I say, well, it's not offense, but we want to make sure that you that you understand that it is more than just vision, and it's it's getting someone into the overall healthcare continuum earlier because people are much more willing to go see their private practice doctor uh, in in optometry than even to go get an annual physical. So it's it's really that whole story, and the collection of that data allows us to show that we're helping them manage their diabetic patients, uh, their diabetic employers better, and getting them the care they need from their private practice. Uh, uh, private practitioners. Right. And you said something really interesting there that I didn't know, that the medical requirement and probably other requirements are actually being driven by the companies that you work with, right? They're actually telling you what it is that they need. You're not just coming up with a lot of the stuff out of thin air. Exactly. They're they're coming to us and, and asking, or sometimes they're not even aware that we're able to provide this type of information, but then when they hear the point about how a vision plan can actually save them money in their overall medical costs, which is something they're trying to, every company today is trying to manage, uh, that's what they get excited about. And then the fact that we have our network doctors pr uh, participating and providing us the eye health management data, it, it, it works really, really well. So, uh, but but I have a question. Uh, what happens sure. when a patient uh, tells a doctor, "I don't want my medical information shared with anyone"? Uh, does the uh, optometrist have the option of saying no to VSP? I, I, I my patient does not want uh, their health information shared. So no. So the so there's two separate things there. One, the information and the data that gets provided. It's not employee-specific, there's no names provided, it's all aggregated data. The, the diabetic eye care reminder uh, program, that's something that clients and employees opt into and they decide whether to be a part of it. So no one's personal health information is shared through this program. It's, it's more about aggregate data and how their population is being managed. I did not know that. So it's all aggregate. So it, it's collected and sort of anonymized and just you, you take the, the overall sum of the data instead of actually looking at individuals. Exactly. Exactly. So patients could be reassured that their health information is not going to be shared with their employer. Correct. 
Okay. That's correct. So, they, now, so we come to the probably the stickiest t- subject. <laughs> I hate to even bring it up, but uh, the great fear, the thing that keeps ODs up every night is will the VSP come to audit me? <laughs> so we got to just get that out of the way right now. So Adam, why don't you start off? <laughs> it's funny, actually. You know, we have guys on our site who are real straight shooters and, and who try to keep records mm-hmm. the best they can, and they're incredibly anal. Um, but even they sweat. They're they're more worried, I think, than the IRS coming after them, you know, if they're going to get the, the dreaded VSP audit. So can you just give us a little insight and, and reassurance for folks who actually are doing a good job of keeping records? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so one, I, you know, I, I don't believe anyone should be losing any sleep over this. So VSP, as, as are all insurers, we're required under state laws to have a, you know, a, a robust program that combats fraud and waste. You know, fraud and waste hurts everybody. So with a doctor network of more than 30,000 providers, if you take a look at it, a doctor's chance of being audited by VSP is absolutely minimal, less than one quarter of 1%. So really, a doctor has a much better chance of being audited by the IRS or some other government agency than VSP. It is just, it's really important to, to think about this more from the perspective of, if, if this fraud, if fraud is occurring and it isn't stopped, it doesn't only hurt the doctor that's, that's doing that, it hurts everyone in the system. So that's what it's about, but it really is, like I said, less than one quarter of 1% of, of doctors of our 30,000 doctor network that ever even experience an audit. Right. So then the, then the question is, uh, who conducts the audit? You know, there's always the fear that there's going to be a knock on the door in the middle of the night and says, we're from VSP, something like a World War II movie. <laughs> so who, who conducts the audits when, when there are audits? Are they ODs or uh, are they trained accountants? Who, who does yeah, the work? I would think it's, it's for, so the work, the detailed work is really done by a group within uh, within our organization that are mostly, as you said, uh, Paul, are, are trained accountants. But I have to tell you, there really is no bigger advocate for our network doctors than this group, this team, our, uh, you know, our special investigation unit that looks into these issues. Um, so for the providers, the this SIU group audits to ensure that providers are, um, that providers engaging in misleading billing do not have an unfair advantage over the 99.9% of honest providers out, out there. So their job is really, in fact, leveling the playing field. So they conduct, uh, they conduct the audits, and then it's reviewed by a, a very highly experienced and, and team of licensed professionals, investigators, ODs, and lawyers. All auditors are certified fraud examiners, and most are certified para-optometrics and accredited healthcare uh, fraud investigators. So, like I said, if, if you go back to the focus of this, it's really to make sure that the, 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 the 99.9% of honest providers out there are taken care of and they're not being hurt by the fact that, you know, a, a few bad apples in the bunch are, you know, are, are taking advantage or doing things incorrectly. So, so when we you do find a bad apple, uh, what what sort of penalties occur? So, you know, like I keep, I know I, I I sound like a broken record a little bit, but fraud does hurt everyone. You know, it hurts our clients, it hurts our members. You know, it hurts other providers. So, 
by making it more expensive to do business, you know, by making by making it more expensive to do business, which is what this type of fraud does, it increases the cost to our clients and to the members and to and to the other doctors. So it's important to note that we that VSP realizes that honest mistakes can be made. So this unit is it's set up to ensure a focus only on prevalent and prolonged patterns of abuse, misleading, misleading billings, overbillings, those types of things. Then, as you're asking about the penalties, the penalties would be, you know, equal to whatever that, you know, whatever that uh, that fraud was, and and that would that's the uh, the restitution that would be looked for. But again, it's really only focused on prevalent and prolonged patterns of abuse, not oh, a, a, an office staff person made a mistake and things were done. That's, that is not the case. And as I said, these guys are really advocates. They're not, as you described, you know, people coming in the middle of the night at the door and knocking on the door. They're, they're there to protect the 99.9% and, and really make sure that the abusers are, are held to task and, and, uh, and they do a tremendous job. Great. So I, I just have a couple more questions for you, and then we'll, we'll get on to Premier. I know you have a lot to talk sure. about, but I just, I just have a couple more. Um, how do VSP's relations differ with private practice versus those ODs who are, who are uh, in a corporate setting? So when you, so you're talking about our, our mass affiliate uh, program? Exactly. So yeah, so what we did was when we, we looked back in, in 2010 and in order for us to respond to clients' needs and to win contracts that continue to drive VSP members into VSP network doctors, we launched the affiliate program. It was back in mid-2011, actually, to, to satisfy uh, specific client needs and requests for choice. So what I mean by that is when the vision care company was responding to an RFP, there would be a box we'd have to check that says, uh, you know, do you have retail on your network? If you couldn't check that box, you needed to, uh, you needed to move, uh, you, you weren't even allowed to respond to the RFP. So what we've done is we've set this affiliate program up, uh, specifically to be able to answer the question that a, a member or an employee of a specific client who becomes a member, who then becomes your patient, has choice available to them. The most important thing to note is that the the companies that we've worked with in our affiliate program to date, companies like Costco, we looked at the percentage of our claims that were being processed at Costco before we did the affiliate program and now a couple of years into the program. And I want you to know, out of complete transparency, that number has not moved an inch. There are about 1% of claims going to these affiliate providers before we did this program, and now there's another, there's 1% going to those providers today or those, those, uh, those companies today. So by putting them into this mass affiliate program and making them available to members, it didn't move the dial insofar as the number of people going there, but it did allow us to retain and win business because from the benefit manager's perspective and from the employee's perspective, they at least had choice. So there, these providers are not on the VSP panel. Um, the program is designed to pay in-network VSP doctors more than affiliate providers. Um, VSP continues to promote our not-doctor network through every channel available to us. 
And we only offer the affiliate program to clients on an as-needed basis. And I'll give you an example. Today, we have 46,000-plus clients. Of those 46,000 clients, only 1,000 of them have the affiliate program within their, uh, within their offering. So as I said, it's only on an as-needed basis. And for us, it's been a very, a really good, sound business strategy. If you go back to our, our purpose, right, our purpose is providing access to care. We've been able to retain and grow our membership because of having the affiliate program and at the same time not have more people go down that path than we're going prior to having the, having the program. So, so the, uh, in the past month or so, or maybe two months, uh, we were informed uh, by the Walmart ODs that they have uh, affiliated with, uh, with VSP. Uh, are, are these ODs held to the same standard of care as the private practitioner? So, so the so the Walmart with the where you have a couple. There's a couple things going on with Walmart right now. One, we were awarded the contract to administer the Vision Care plan for the 1.2 million Walmart employees that are out there. Which you know, for the first time, Vision Insurance is being offered to those employees. Walmart is doing a, a tremendous job, actually, of getting benefits into the hands of its employees. So we are we are the we're the insurance company we're the 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 TPA the third party administrator for that plan for Walmart. So Walmart employees though will have the choice of going to either Walmart locations or to private practice optometrists that are part of the VSP network. Those are the two things available to them. And then on a couple on a couple of contracts, very small, one or two at this point in time. Walmart was added to our affiliate uh, providers, like I talked about earlier in the Costco example. So for one or two clients, uh, employees of those, cl- of, of those clients are able to go to Walmart, but Walmart, as I listed before, they are an affiliate provider there, so they're not on the panel. They're not part of the VSP panel, so it's not like they're accredited to that panel. The, the program is designed to pay the in-network in doctors more. So it's basically they're held to the same rules as our other mass affiliate clients like Costco and some of the others that we've worked with. Great. So that, that actually really clears it up for me. And it's sort of funny. The docs never stop to think about the sort of pressure that you guys are under, right? You're in the middle. You have to respond to these RFPs. And at the same time, you also have to respond to the docs. So I can sort of see where exactly. these requirements are coming from. Exactly. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier about our board, clearly, you know, a discussion around Walmart and and both the proposals to their employees and uh, adding Walmart as a mass affiliate got a lot of discussion all the way at the board level. And they were very thoughtful about how this was done and how it was put together. And really, some of the good news on the Walmart employees, we've been getting feedback from their open enrollment period. And we've received and Walmart has received a number of calls into their call center and their benefit folks asking if they can continue to see their private practice optometrist who they've had a relationship with uh, prior to this program going into place. So we believe that a lot of the, a lot of just on the Walmart employees specifically with having the choice, like our entire, uh, you know, 60 million members that we cover today, overwhelmingly choose to go to private practice over, uh, you know, over other retail establishments. So it's a, it's a great, uh, it, it's been a, a great piece of work done and a lot of, a lot of thoughtful consideration uh, put in place by our board. And, you know, we're, we're excited about what the future has to hold. Great. 
And I just have one more question for you. It's a gigantic question, so feel free to answer in like two sentences if you have to. Um, <laughs> how are you positioning yourself with the Affordable Care Act? I know it's a big topic. Or, or as some right. people call it, Obamacare. Wherever you <laughs> so, so as I think, you know, I'm, most, most people in the industry are aware. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, everyone's still learning about the Affordable Care Act and its implementation. But the way, we're, the way it's set up today, in order to be able to offer benefits in a health insurance exchange, a public health insurance exchange, whether it be a federally funded exchange or a state-based exchange, you have to be a qualified health plan. Standalone vision plans were excluded from the law, so companies like ourselves are not able to offer benefits directly within the exchanges. The way we get to participate is we have to partner with health plans in order to offer the one essential health benefit related to vision, which is the pediatric essential health benefit. So every qualified health plan has to be able to offer uh, 10 essential health benefits. The one related to vision is the pediatric uh, health benefit. So what we've done, the way we are positioning ourselves today, is it's twofold. One, we are partnering with as many qualified health plans as we can to be the provider of that essential health benefit, and we've had enormous success this year in, in getting those partnerships established. I think one of the things I want to say about that is, while there's a lot of communication out there regarding the fact that the vision care is being delivered as an integrated part of the medical plan. While that's true because the qualified health plan is, is the, is the provider, most, almost, you know, most of it, uh, you know, I don't know the percentage. I don't want to, I won't make one up, but the majority of the vision is being provided by standalone vision plans who are partnered with health plans. So, I think there's a little bit of a misconception out there that, uh, that what was being talked about before has worked, that, you know, vision care is being delivered by the medical plans and we've gotten the standalone vision plans out of the way. That's just not the case. The medical plans came to the standalone vision plans to figure out how to do this properly. And that's, that's why we're engaged and that's why we're engaged with as many plans as we are. We're going to be able to deliver through our qualified health plans in about 32, 32 of the 50 states because of our relationships there. We're going to continue to grow that space. And then we have a couple of, of, uh, of really uh, forward-thinking states that have made the decision to, not within the exchange, but to provide a link or access directly from their health exchange out to a site to buy independent uh, or private vision care for adults, because remember, only the children are covered within the exchange. And states like Colorado and Hawaii and Nevada have all taken the steps to link out of the exchange so the adults in the family can sign up for individual plans uh, from vision care providers, which is great news, great news for optometry, because now those family members will also have access to the doctors. So I know that that's a long-winded message there. I don't know that there can't be long-winded messages today about the Affordable Care Act, but that's how we're, you know, that's how we're participating today. And, you know, we'll continue to do our work because, again, going back to, you know, we're in business to provide access to high-quality, affordable eye care to as many Americans as we can and drive those Americans into the optometrist's office, and, uh, and then we're going to continue to do that as much as we possibly can. And being involved with the ACA is an important part of that. 
Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's show. In part two of our interview with Jim McGran, we're going to delve a little more deeply into the mechanics of VSP and talk about the new Premiere program as well. See you then.